Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the Violdon podcast for Monday, February 3rd. S&P futures are uh, tentatively rebounding about 10 points. That's about 35 basis points. Europe's major indices are up small, about 5 to 15 basis points. Um, and then Asia was very much in focus overnight, obviously. So mainland China reopened for the first time since Thursday, January 23rd. The Shanghai comp ended off 7.7%. Um, you know, that's about essentially what people expect. I think people were actually fearing a little bit worse on Friday. Um, you know, so they had a lot of catching up to do. They're obviously the epicenter of all the coronavirus, coronavirus worries. Um, you know, so I don't think that's really terribly surprising. Um, and then the rest of Asia was mixed. Hong Kong finished up small. Japan was lower. Um, and then the other markets were mostly in the red. So just, you know, to recap all the news out, um, a lot of stuff to sift through. I don't know if anything's terribly different from where we were on Friday. Um, in terms of coronavirus, obviously, that's still dominating everything. And the news was perhaps slightly positive on a net basis versus where the narrative stood on Friday, although there's still obviously a ton of uncertainty and negativity. So you have various reports about doctors having success in treating the coronavirus, and you still have a mortality rate um, that's relatively low versus some of the um, prior coronavirus outbreaks, such as SARS and MERS, although this is certainly spreading a lot faster than its predecessors. And there are a couple articles out, including one in the New York Times, citing various health officials talking about how it's increasingly likely this will become a pandemic um, and that you're going to see kind of a, a very rapid spread of caseloads um, on a global basis. Uh, the Chinese government took a variety of financial actions yesterday um, in order to kind of help markets this morning. Um, so they injected, um, on a net basis, they injected about 150 billion yuan versus liquidity. They cut um, the 7 and 14-day repo rates. And then they announced um, a couple of other measures. And then, and then reports suggest that officials were kind of encouraging mutual funds not to sell stock. Um, some insurers are going to see waivers about their equity ownership limits so they could buy more stock, presumably, um, et cetera. So, um, you know, I don't know if they really did anything dramatic. I think a lot of those actions were, um, you know, I, I either expected or, or not terribly um, dramatic. You know, there weren't any triple R cuts. There weren't any outright rate cuts. So, you know, I think China is still going about this. Um, you know, I don't think China is, is necessarily doing anything um, alarming yet in terms of on the policy front in reaction. Um, there are, you know, obviously a ton of travel restrictions, a ton of work stoppage announcements. Apple shut all of its stores in China. You have more airlines that are um, severing service for the time being. Um, so obviously, that's going to have an economic effect. There is an article on Bloomberg overnight talking about how Chinese oil demand has collapsed 20% since um, in the last couple of weeks, given all of the travel restrictions and work stoppages. Unclear. That really hasn't been confirmed anywhere. Um, that that's a that's a huge, obviously a very dramatic decline um, in oil demand, and so that is likely to prompt OPEC to take action. So as we speak now, there are headlines crossing, um, talking about how OPEC, um, you know, the next OPEC meeting that had been scheduled is in March, and so it looks like they will have an emergency meeting. There is a technical advisor group that's going to be meeting this week. It looks like, and then the full OPEC 
um, full OPEC plus group of companies are going to be meeting um, in mid-February, according to reports. So they're likely to take action. Unclear how much effect that's really going to have at the end of the day. Um, but clearly, you're seeing um, you know OPEC uh, respond. There was one article on Reuters talking about how um, on the electronics front, a lot of the electronic supply chain, just, just noting how the electronic supply chain is much more resilient than I think people are fearing, and that a lot of major companies, including Huawei and a few others, have been able to keep production levels um, at, at their normal pace despite all of the uh, coronavirus headwinds and restrictions. Um, so that's kind of the state of coronavirus. Like I said, I think I think versus Friday, maybe perhaps no worse than feared or maybe even a tiny bit better at the margin. But obviously, this is going to be a big overhang. Um, it's going to be a severe economic overhang as you see all of these kind of work stoppages get announced. Um, other macro news today, nothing super incremental. Um, there was a lot of economic data. The manufacturing PMIs for January are very much in focus. None of them were really terribly controversial or deviated materially from um, expectations. You had India over the weekend um, announce their budget measures. And India actually had a special trading session on Saturday for investors to respond to it. Stocks fell um, pretty materially. There was some disappointment that the government's not taking more dramatic measures to bolster growth. Um, so India today is actually up a little bit, but that's... Um, you know, that's really just bouncing from a, a pretty steep sell-off on Friday. Um, U.S. politics will be very much in focus. So you have Iowa today, and then you have the Trump State of the Union tomorrow. I have a big write-up in the Vital Dawn about um, about everything kind of going on there. So there was a very, very high-profile Des Moines Register poll that had been due out this week, and that would have given kind of the final snapshot of the state of the Iowa uh, primary race um, and that was not published because of some methodology problems. So I think investors are going to go in a little blind today. The last, you know, the average of all the last polls has Sanders up a few points with Biden. So Sanders about 25%, Biden around 20, 21%. Um, you know, so I run through a, a variety of scenarios about, you know, if what happens if Sanders does very well versus a very close race. Um, you know, I think there is some anxiety about a Sanders blowout and the implications of what a Sanders presidency would be. Um, and a center's presidency would be obviously very negative for equities, although I think um, he would also be the best candidate from the perspective of Trump, um, you know, in terms of who would be the easiest opponent um, that he could face in November. So, you know, if Sanders were to have a blowout victory, I think you would see perhaps a knee-jerk reaction lower. But then, you know, like I said, I think to the extent stocks want Trump to stay in office, um, they should probably be rooting for um, a Bernie victory. On the State of the Union address, there haven't been a ton of articles out kind of with previews. You're probably going to see a lot today and then tomorrow as the White House, you know, kind of um, tries to set the narrative about what Trump is going to say. There was one AP article just talking about how Trump will have a, you know, quote unquote conciliatory uh, tone. He will be talking a lot about the economy, his, his economic um, successes, a lot of the trade deals, et cetera. There has been a lot of worry that Trump would, um, you know, announce some draconian healthcare initiatives. That is one area where apparently he feels himself politically vulnerable versus Democrats um, amid accusations that his White House has not done enough on healthcare policy. So there was, there has been some concern in, in you know, within healthcare stocks. Um, although this AP article says that um, that's really not going to take place, and they'll actually more be highlighting the dangers of Democratic healthcare policies, including Medicare for all. Um, so that kind of sums everything up for today. There really wasn't a ton of major micro news out, um, to really highlight. 
looking at the calendar for today, uh, you have, I would say the big ones are going to be the manufacturing ISM at 10 a.m. You have, um, and that's really kind of it for this morning. There aren't a ton of major earnings out this morning. After the close, Google will be the big report, and then NXPI also in semiconductors, and then obviously the Iowa caucuses. Uh, you will not probably get the results of the Iowa caucus until late tonight. Um, obviously, well past markets, um, well past the market close. So that is everything for today. Um, you know, there's a lot in the Vital Dawn today. Just you know, uh, just a lot of various topics to discuss. And then for the for the market, you know, I continue to think that. Um, this tape would be on a sounder footing down around 18 times. That's around 3150, which is really not that far um, from here. But you know, I don't think that you're you're setting the stage for kind of a really steep material decline just yet. Um, so I do think that you're gonna, you know, within a, a couple percent, you should be able to find um, stability in the market. Um, and that is it for today. So thank you everyone for listening. <laughs>